important. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Correct. That's right. Now, to your point, though, there's going to come a point where we're all going to be homebound. But you have a history and a foundation of what? Reading and studying in the word that's already built into you. So even if you can't get out of the house, you understand what it is to read and study and even pray and be prayerful. Because God is going to meet you where you are based upon what's going on. But if you don't establish that, you're going to wind up playing catch up the rest of your life. God is going to help you as long as you seek after him. But you have to seek after him. You have to make that effort to do those things. It doesn't change what God has done for you. God has preserved and kept everyone in this room. Amen. Every one of us. Amen. Elmer says amen because he knows that. That's right. You know, the power of healing, right? Healing power, all those things. He's preserved and kept every one of us. So he's not going to hold anything back. He doesn't hold anything back. We have to be cautious. We don't hold anything back when it comes to going to him. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. All right, we're picking up. In our experience, every light flickers. Even the brightest arc lamp beams are subject to shadow. Not so with our God. Not No variableness or shadow of turning affects him. God is constant and unchanging. Why am I making such an issue of this characteristic of God? Why does it matter if God changes every once in a while? That's a hang in there. Can't that be okay since you trust him and know he cares about you? Well, you see, there's a flaw in that statement. Let's look at this further. But understand something. People don't understand sometimes that God is unchanging. And you have to counsel people that he is unchanging. Think about this very carefully. There are people that you know who you trust and care about. Care about you, right? Let's go back to what J.R. says. It matters that God is immutable because if he could change, he would not be perfect. You get that? If God was a changing God, that would change his nature. It would change his character. He would no longer be a perfect God. He has to be unchanging. If he weren't perfect, then he would be like us. Remember, a lot of people think God is like us. That's just what they understand. That's what they think because they are only going by who they are and their own experiences. And we sometimes try to assign characteristics to God that don't belong to him. In a way, in some sort of way, for greater understanding about what's going on. Problem is, is that Satan is the one who is giving that understanding. Satan wants you to think that God misses things, doesn't see things, doesn't recognize what's going on. What's happening right now with COVID-19? A lot of people are going to say, where is God in all of this? Where is he? 
Well, you've been taught and you understand that God didn't go anywhere. He's right here. But you need to understand in natural disasters, just like 9-11, just like 9-11, when we had that event, a lot of people were asking the question, where is God? Why would God allow something like that to happen? And you need to understand that people ask those questions because there is a foundational void in understanding when it comes to God. There's a foundational void. That foundation has not been solidified. And all these people went to church thinking that's where they're going to find God. And for a hot couple of weeks, three weeks, or maybe four weeks, people did go to church. A lot of people left church after that because you have to understand that going to, going to church is not how you find God. It's just a place where you worship. But the actual location of God is actually right in front of you. You have to acknowledge who he is. But that's what we need to understand. A lot of people today are going to be asking the question, where is God? There has to have been some sort of change somewhere for them to make a statement like that. Here's what I mean. If Mr. Cranky's football teams, who you met at the football game in our previous lesson, had a perfect record and it changed... It would mean that the team lost the football game, thus changing their record. If something perfect changes, it can only change negatively. You get it? So God, if you're saying that God is changing, it's a negative response. It's a negative response. I'm on the bottom of page two. Sorry about that, guys. And now I'm going to be at the top of page three. (laughs) Just to keep you in there. Top of page three. So if there's a change, you have to understand the perception of the person who is questioning God. It's a negative perception. Because there's a change that has taken place in their mind, in their way of thinking. Now, that actually goes right in line with how a lot of people feel about God. If you have a negative perception of God, as far as being changing, then what is your overall view of God? Positive or negative? Not a trick question. What's your overall impression of God? Is it positive or is it negative? You tell me. If you think God changes, if you think there's a changing God involved, is it positive or negative? It's negative, guys. Just say it. It's a negative impression. You don't have anyone to rely upon. If you can't trust that God is going to be consistent in all things, it's a negative perception. Nothing positive. That's why we have a lot of cynical people out there when it comes to religion. That's why we have a lot of people who are agnostics. That's why we have a lot of people who just don't believe. Not necessarily atheists, just agnostic. They just don't believe that God is doing anything as far as what's going on in this world. This study is a lot deeper than you realize. When you're talking to people about God, you'd be some, start asking people questions about who God is. You might be overwhelmed with all kinds of gobbledygook. Now look at all these people out, out here you know who don't know the Lord. And there are people who do know the Lord in quotes who have messed up theology. 
Now, come on. Messed up theology. Where it's worldly views infused in this way of thinking. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's right. Yep. So, you know, we had that whole conversation that he had to be a little time because he's like, you know what, I didn't even think about it. Yep. That way now Yeah. You'd be amazed how much a solid relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ helps you get through all the bumps in life. If you don't have that foundation to rely upon, what are you going to rely upon? That's right. It, the dominoes just start falling. Absolutely. The dominoes just start coming down. So his word now, well, wait a minute. And, and people try to rationalize this with all these different versions of the Bible, right? All these different rewritings of the Bible, these different versions. Well, they start nitpicking here and nitpicking there. And a lot of them do it as critics to try to justify saying, well, why are you guys even reading the Bible in the first place? God's word is true. It hasn't changed. We have messed around with it sometimes, with certain versions of the Bible. But the the core message is the truth. And we need to understand that. And we've got, the nice thing about it is that we can always go back and do research and look at what other people have written. Whether it's right, wrong, or whatever. But the bottom line is that God's word is true. And guess what? That's all we got. Amen? That's all we got. So now it becomes a matter of what? Faith. That you believe that his word is true. Because you can get a believer and a non-believer to read God's word and, they'll, and you'll have two different impressions of it. Okay. So if a perfect God changes, what does he become? I'm at the top of page three. If God changed through some type of modification, he would be less imperfect and incomplete. But the Bible is full of references that point to God's perfect character. One of the most powerful is the word holy. I just looked it up a few verses, and here are the keys accompanying them. Let's take a look at this exercise real quick. Um, You don't need to look at the verses, but it says God calls himself holy. Leviticus 19.2. We can look at these, but well, go to Leviticus 19.2. 
I put it in bold on purpose there because I made a reference to go, go, excuse me, go look at the verse. Leviticus 19.2. Yeah, let's spend some time in here. Might be good to do that. Leviticus 19.2. By the way, how many of you have Apple Watches other than anybody else have Apple Watches? Found a found an app that actually allows you to look at Bible verses on your Apple Watch. But if you don't have an Apple Watch, then never mind. So, <laughs> But it's kind of handy-dandy where you can just look up a scripture right there on your watch. You just have to have a certain, I guess me and my wife are the only ones in here. What's wrong with y'all? I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I see. Well, good, good for you. That's, that's outstanding. Thank you. I was referring to the Apple Watch, but okay, okay. Thank you very much. All right. I'm not being an Apple snob. Call it what you want. Leviticus 19.2. Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. You shall be holy, before I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Speaking to what? The congregation. Speaking to the people. Speaking to the people of Israel. Say to them, you be holy because I am holy. He's giving you a standard of living based upon who you are in the presence of. He's a holy God and he wants you to make an effort to be holy yourself. That's his character. Now, he knows that we're in the flesh, and he knows that we can't be holy like he is. But he knows that we know what it is to be holy, and he knows that we can do things to make sure we're acting in holiness, including asking for forgiveness when we screw up, repenting from sin, turning from those things that trip us up. So his holiness is his character. Go to 1 Samuel 2.2. He says, none is holy like God. And that's what the verse says. 1 Samuel 2.2 There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Amen? Amen. God who inhabits praise is holy. Go to Psalm 22.3 And just as a brief reminder, if you're participating in the two-year Bible study plan, you see all these verses. Everything that we're reading now is something you will cover over a two-year period. Psalms and Proverbs, you cover all those in one year. So everything that you're seeing and reading here is something you would have read. It's really important for us to stay with our Bible plan and Bible reading. Psalm 22.3, yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. That Bible reading that we have is our foundation. 
It's our foundational study. And here we're talking about the Lord is holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And then we have the holy God will show himself holy in righteousness. Isaiah 5.16. But the Lord of hosts is exalted in justice and the holy God shows himself holy in righteousness. Holy in righteousness. We serve a God who has not sinned. He certainly knows what sin is, but he has not sinned. And therefore, because he has not sinned, ultimately, that judgment comes upon who? Us, unless we recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Holy in righteousness. When did you start first learning about right and wrong? Started getting spanked. You started getting your, your, your legs whacked. You got, yeah, when you were, you were being disciplined. Yes, discipline is the appropriate word these days. Yes. Yeah, not whack, but yeah, disciplined. Disciplined is the proper word to use in this situation. You started learning there was a difference between right and wrong, and you implied that at a very early age. Very early age. Because you know when you come out the, out the womb just about, you learn how to manipulate your parents. You just, it's in you. You already know how to manipulate your parents. You already know if you want to get something, you start hollering. You start yelling and screaming. Now, you're just a baby. It's, it's kind of an unconscious thing, but you learn that. That's learned behavior. Okay? Some of y'all came hollering out the womb. I don't know. Turn that light off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the original Hebrew word from which we get our holy... Our word holy is kadash, K-A-D-A-S-H, which that's a Hebrew word, which means to hallow, to set apart, sanctify. It's interesting to me that as our English language has evolved, holy has been a beautiful picture of what it means to be set apart. The English word holy dates back to about the 11th century with the old English word halig. It's an adjective derived from hal, meaning whole. It was used to convey concepts like uninjured, entire, or complete. I love that God, because God is holy, he is complete. Amen? He's a complete God. He doesn't need refinement. He doesn't need to do anything to get better. Why? Because he's perfect. Could complete change to become more complete? The answer is no. If complete change, it would have to change for the worse, becoming incomplete. God is holy and perfect. He is complete and unchanging. Because he is perfect, holy and immutable, my friend, you can trust him. Even if you don't understand his ways, you can trust his character. Now, does anybody understand what's going on right now in the world today? No. A lot of speculation, but all it is is speculation. 
So in this situation, we don't know what's going on. But can you still trust God's character? That's the key. That's the key. God has already said that he operates in strange and mysterious ways. So you're not going to know the picture on everything. It's just not going to happen. And the reason why he acts in strange and mysterious ways is because he is still operating and doing things according to his will, which we don't sometimes understand. We don't understand it. But it's not really for us to understand. It's more important for us to remain faithful to him, to recognize who he is. And I'll just say this as in closing, be prayerful for everyone else. Be prayerful for the people in the church, recognizing everything that's going on right now. And reach out to them. People are isolated. Make sure that you're reaching out to people and talking to them as much as you can. Amen? We'll pick up from here the next time we get together for Sunday school, which will probably be (laughs) at a time to be determined. So it's okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Anne's. Yeah, Anne and Larry's granddaughter. Okay. Well, let's close out in prayer. But yeah, and they're pe- right because they are con- because they've been around her. They want to make sure that you know they're. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's do that now. Lord, we just thank you for just giving us reminders of people to pray for at this time. Because there is so much uncertainty and there is so much going on that we just don't, frankly, have any control over. We pray, Lord, that you'll just touch touch each and every one of us individually. We do lift up to you Anne's granddaughter who is in the hospital. Um, I believe that she is, in fact, being tested for uh, the virus to see if she has it. But I pray for her health as well, too. I pray that you'll provide healing for her. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for those reminders to pray for people. Pray for Ann and Larry as well. Um, And we pray for Laura. We pray for her as well. We lift her up to you, Lord, just to keep her safe, Lord. Uh, Shelter in place. And we pray that you'll also ease our uncertainty, ease our minds as well, too. And, Lord, we just thank you for all these things that you are doing in our lives. Lord, we do pray that even in the midst of all this and what's going on, Lord, that you make your presence known beyond a shadow of a doubt, that people will recognize who you are and come directly to you. And even if they're asking questions, Lord, let them be reminded and know that you, in fact, are holy and you are the one to look to in times like this. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence in our lives. We thank you, Lord. We ask that you also now bless the upcoming message and the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. See you next time.